You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. Welcome to another Reflections Music Podcast, the podcast where we discuss, analyze, eulogize classic soul albums. Uh, we're currently on our ninth episode of a Neo Soul Retrospective. I'm here with my man Ash. How you doing, my yes, man? Yes, Good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us again. Appreciate it. Cool. I was actually going to make another reference and not get it like I didn't get it last week, but... <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. Um, cool. So, uh, Lucy Pearl. Lucy Pearl, an R&B or Neo Soul supergroup. Ashton, I was trying to think, what other soul supergroups could I think of? And I could only think of two. LSG, Levert, Sweat and Gill. Okay. <laughs> and TGT, Tyrese, Genuine and Tank. That's uh-huh. it. Um, that's it. That's all I, that's all I had. Yeah, both don't compare. And both, no way, no way near, no way near. Um, and I was, I, and then I started wondering, like, oh, what other supergroups would I've loved to, love to be together? And then I was thinking, Stevie Wonder. Would you class Guy as a supergroup? Does Guy get classed as a supergroup, or did they I, make? I think after the fact, they're a supergroup after the fact because they were Guy, and then they left and did their own things, came back yeah. for for. One album, two albums, maybe? Yeah, I think it was one album. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would. I would, because yeah. they, they were very successful um, individually. So, yeah, I guess I guess so. But that's about it, right? That's all, I, that's all I've got. Yeah. And then I was thinking of who, what supergroup would I like? And then I, I, I settled down on Stevie Wonder, Prince, and Michael Jackson. That's what I settled on. That's too much. there's too much too much ego too much. and, and yeah. you know why it's too much it's good that you said that you know why it's too much because when you start um delving into lucy pearl and and how their structure it was it's very much kind of one man's vision and the other two kind of sprinkled it and brought their little elements to make it not and, and when i talk about one man i'm talking about Raphael sadiq it's kind yeah. of like it's kind of like his project and the thing that stops it being basically instant vintage, which is his solo album, is the yeah. fact that you got Ali, Sh- Ali Shaheed Mohammed and Don Robinson, you know, mm. uh, respectively, uh, respectively from Tribe Called Quest in Mohammed's place and on Vogue in the case of Don Robinson. And they, and they're the ones that, that elevate, not elevate it, but just make it not, <laughs> not instant. A Raphael City record. Exactly that. Exactly yeah. that. And that's the genius of it because I think, he was the one responsible for getting those, getting those two in, you know. Mm. And I, what, what I found interesting about it is that he did Instant Vintage, I think, two years later, and that was his first solo album. And, he, and it was interesting that he thought, even after leaving um, Tony, 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 he was like, no, I, I want to do another. I don't want to do, a, I don't wanna do a, um, a solo yet. I want to still collab for a minute, maybe hone iron out some last bits and pieces or whatever i don't know why but it's just interesting well he he was a band man for one mm. like so he'd always been in bands like he he definitely listening to his interviews and hearing him talk he definitely really enjoys that collaboration and that that being involved with everyone um 
I don't know. Like as, as much as he, he was a bit of a front man for Tony, 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 like I still don't really see him as a front man. I still don't see him fully, or definitely at that point anyway, completely comfortable with being the one sole person that all the focus is on. I, I don't see him as... Be, I think he might have liked the idea of it, but he still wasn't completely comfortable and ready for it yet. Um, I agree. I agree. There's a big... There's like a big gap between liking the idea of it and it mm. coming natural and being comfortable with it. And I think there are loads, loads of musicians and loads of artists that started off in, in a group situation. And the, and the idea of it, you know, as they're getting gassed by fans and by managers and, and hangers on, like, oh, you should go solo, you should go solo. And the, and the idea is like, yeah, 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 it's just me. And then, but the reality of it is, it's not easy. It's not easy. Mm. And it's something that you have to really be comfortable with. Or just and again, and, you know, when you look, so when you look at the videos and like some of the life footage of Lucy Pearl, like Dawn is the obvious, like obvious. star where those two aren't like, he doesn't, like, even the songs that he owns, like he still doesn't really own the performance and own the stage and own the presence. And even after Dawn's left and Joy's come in and they've got the U video, he still doesn't, he still hasn't really got it. And I mean, like, you know, you look at his performances now and he, you know, he, he's clearly got it and that, but again, we're, we're 20 years on, we're 10 years on. It, it took him a while to find. Exactly. Kind yeah. of groove and his way of, of owning it and being. Raphael yeah. Sadiq. Yeah. There's a, artist. yeah, there's a big difference. I was watching the, his uh, tiny desk performance last night and there's a big difference between that and how comfortable he is. But by then he's like, 53 years old and the performance he performances he was doing 20 years ago is massive like chalk and cheese he's so comfortable in his skin now you know but you would yeah. be and, and you can't you can't work with as many artists as he has for as many years as he's done it and not enjoy being just involved in that writing process and being involved in that creating a project and, and helping an artist find their potential and reach their potential like he, he clearly has a lot of love for that because he's done it so many times and there is a real joy and a and an art that comes from that mm. um so he, and again so there's, there's part of him that clearly doesn't need the ego like we, it wasn't i i didn't feel like it was it was advertised heavily that Raphael Sadiq was the man behind Solange's album like I, I, it was only when you start digging that you found out that it would oh that's why that bass line's there which, that's which why al that which album which one the album the album i don't know the name of it but cranes in the sky that's his oh. song oh that album yeah oh that's bad on my part because i know that album very well <laughs> oh, so, 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 <laughs> that's my point that's, that's my bad point right there you you just hit the nail on the head He's the guy behind the production, behind the writing. Not not to take anything away from Solange, but he's all over that album, right? All over that album. And in the same way that, you know, he did a couple of songs on Khaleesi's Tasty album, you know, mm. and they were standout songs on that album. Mm. All right, he, he doubled up on one. He, he's got a track on Teja Moses' Complex Simplicity album. And again, a standout track on that album, like, Hands down, he's he's so good at that that 
yeah, again, he doesn't need to be the star of the show. Like he clearly gets a lot from giving to others and, and creating, which is part of the Lucy Pearl project as well in its its own way. Yeah. You know, him kind of helping to mastermind it to a certain extent. Absolutely. Absolutely. So back to the album, Ash. So it came out twenty years ago, right? Twenty years uh, ago in May. Right. So I saw you tweet something out that you actually remembered going to buy it. Yeah. Which, which I was like, I don't actually remember that. But yeah. So tell us how you feel about it now, 20 years later. Does it still stand up for you? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's, um, it's, got, it's definitely got a timelessness to it. Um, and I don't like every single song like some people do. Like There are some songs that I, you know, I don't really have too much time for. But the, what I love about it is that I could never bracket it as an R&B album or a neo soul album i just bracket it as good music i couldn't really box it other than it being black music kind of similar to the lauren hill album where i couldn't put it in any one box or i didn't think of it as being any one type of music i just felt like it it covered so many bases and and just did everything that it was supposed to do really really well mm. um and I feel like digging into it more now that you see that it, it is the combined the combined experience and genius of the three of them coming together, which is the reason why it's as good as it is. Um, and that being said, if they had carried on together, maybe we wouldn't have had anything. Maybe the second album would have been rubbish and it would have kind of tarnished the legacy that this album has. So because it is just the one album, it kind of stands on a plateau even more so than if there was anything else after it. But, you know, I, I, I loved it when I first heard it. Um, it was a beautiful soundtrack to a beautiful summer for me. And <laughs> yeah, it, it still, still stands the test of time because it's good. And, you know, when you listen to Sadiq talk as well, he talks about uh, taking from the greats, you know, and, and copying the greats and, you know, looking at what they did and how they did it. And if you're go if you, if those are the blueprints that you're working from and you are a skilled musician and you're skilled musicians with experience, then this is the kind of quality that you should be coming up with. And they, they all three of them delivered fantastically the project. Absolutely. Yeah. My history of it is, um, I don't actually remember buying it, but what I do remember is that when it came out, when I heard that it was out, and um, when I probably heard the first actually release, I was like, I have to have it. There was no question that um, I didn't need to sort of like hear more tracks. It was like, well, there's Sadiq, and I love Tony, Tony, Tony. At that point, I yeah, they were just amazing. They were like the first. They they Tony, Tony, Tony. I got to say, they were the R and B group that showed me that. You can do 90s R&B, but you can put it in a band setting with instruments. Them, mm. Mint Condition were the two. So I just absolutely love them um, growing up. So yeah, so yeah, Sadiq. And then people might forget, but then um, Dawn, Robertson, and Vogue were huge at the time. Because Massive. that was um, Don't Let Go from the Set It Off soundtrack had just blown up everywhere in the world. So she was huge. So she was on there. And obviously... Tribe Called Quest, they're legends. So, like, you get those three. I was like, well, I have to have that. 
that mm. so it had to be copped so that's how that goes like really short and to the point that i had to have it because yeah i just knew it was gonna be great i've so, got to say go i partially missed that that kind of going into a shop and you know having to make the trip to get to the shop and to pick it up and to get it and to buy it or obviously when you've got free time to do that it's mm-hmm. different when you're a parent and you've got 101 different things to do and mm-hmm. trying to make that time would be a lot harder and it's great that I do just have it in the hand of my in the palm of my hand now but that experience of going into a music shop and seeing them up on the shelves and looking at them and you know yeah. and it's great it is great and people like they won't if you're if you're younger and you sort of like don't don't come from that kind of background I would travel to go buy an album so yeah. I there was um I come from Hackney and there was a record shop in Brixton called Red Records. Yo, you went to Red. I used to go Red, man, because Amazing. Red would have Red would just have to have albums that I couldn't get up my way. And I would travel. So think about it, from Hackney, Victoria Line, down into Brixton in the nineties. Right, man. Right? Sketchy yeah. to say the least. Man, I, I would do it. East Londoners, they don't like crossing the waters, so... We don't, we don't. Yeah, well played, mate. Hey. You should have just gone to Soho, but... <laughs> I could have. I you for going Do you know, you know, I went red because they were all over choice. Like, oh, get, come get, come to Red Records and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, yeah. yeah didn't it? Have to go, have to go. But yeah, so that's how that Love went. That. Lucy Pearl, album was recorded between 1999 and 2000, released May 23rd, 2000. It was on EMI, and Riot is involved... Obviously, um, the Lucy Pearl guys, so that's Sadiq, Robinson, and Muhammad. But you also got some people, uh, Akonisha Owens. She's a quite a renowned session singer. Worked with Toto, Phil Spector, Michael McDonald, Lenny Kravitz. You got a Kelvin Wooten. Um, he wrote a couple of them. He's worked with Khalees, Anthony Hamilton, but probably by way of his affiliation with Sadiq Ash, like you said, because Sadiq's yeah. worked with those artists as well. Uh, who else have I got here? Producers, um, apart from Sadiq and Mohammed, you got Jake and the Fat Man, and that's uh, a duo of Glenn Standridge and Bobby Azuna, and they've worked with the likes of Eric Badu, John Legend, Kelis, Mary J. Blige, and then you got DJ Battlecat, who is whose real name is Kevin Gilliam, and uh, yeah, Snoop Dogg, Tupac, The Game Exhibit. Those are his credits. So. Quite a collaboration there, but um, yeah. Basically, I mean, when you listen to it, you know the the majority of the tracks you you can hear that it's got that Sadiq production on it. But we'll get into it. So, first single, Ash, "Dance Tonight," seventeenth July two thousand, written by all the guys in Lucy Pearl, produced by Shahid, Sadiq, and Jake and the Fat Man. And like, check out these chart positions. It's US, US Pop, 36. US R&B, number 5. UK, 36. This is their biggest hit, but only their biggest hit in the US. And I get to their biggest hit elsewhere. Tell me about this track, Ash. All right. Someone, someone left a comment on my page this morning. Go and on. I'm going to read out. Read out here his, uh, his introduction. I don't know how much of this is due to the music or from the memory it evokes, but the beginning of Dance Tonight, that tinkling violin, <laughs> that vocal, the drum, yeah. kick, bass line, it still gives me chills. 
truly wonderful stuff one of the best song starts ever shout out as far i used to work with him virgin megastores camden we used to uh, like go on all of this neo soul hip-hop stuff all the time um he's right like it's it's just there's this sense of anticipation as the song comes in a sense of mystery with those string lines and the twinkling like he said and it just quietens down and then you just get that i wanna boom and that bounce just drops, man. Oh, it is so sweet. It's, it's easily the lushest track on that album. I mean, we've talked a lot about great strings um, throughout previous episodes. And again, this is another example of strings really kind of adding to oh, man. The of the and colouring of the song and just giving it this regalness. Like when Dawn comes in on her verse... You know, she just sounds amazing. Like it all sounds, it all sounds so effortless and easy. Um, I feel like Dawn Robinson was made to sing on Raphael Sadiq tracks. She sounds better than she's ever sounded on 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 this album for me. And that's that she's she's already done what three on Vogue albums and sounded great on them, but for some reason, her voice, the way it's recorded, the, the oh man, it just sounds great. When, like you say, when she comes in, in fact, that second verse, right, the way it starts off, that string line, dun, 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 jigga, jigga, dun, 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 and then she comes in. Come on, man, it kills me every time. People get so bored whenever I play that album anywhere. They get so bored with me saying, "Don't just sounds amazing. Why does she sound so good in these tracks?" Oh mm. man, kills me. Go on, go ahead. Continue. Like she's, <laughs> it's like as well. She's, you know, when we were just talking earlier about Sadiq. Like this is someone who, who now has kind of been freed of the shackles of, of being in that group that was completely put together. And you know, her. Obviously, they had a voice and and whatnot. But this is a project where she was probably allowed more creative influence than she had done ever before and was able to dictate how she wanted to sing and how she wanted to use her voice. But also, you know, those years of experience of Ben Vogue had taught her how to use her voice anyway and, and really express herself. So now she's just, she's coming into her own really and they, they've created an amazing background and canvas for her to just, to just wax lyrical on. And she, again, the, the, you know, there's so much character in her voice, the mm. way she delivers it. It's not just how she's hitting the notes. It's, it's, it's the expression. It's the, you know, you can, you can hear the, the kind of the cheeky sass in her, the way she kind of just spits out those lines. Uh, and it's, it's gorgeous. It so is, good. It is gorgeous. And I think what I like about her is that she, her sound is not of the, it's like it's placed nicely in a neo soul context because like a lot of the singers they don't have they didn't have voices that were in mainstream r&b so she doesn't sound like those mainstream r&b girls she's got this kind of it's like it's like an old school sound like the riff she does and little like the tone the tonality of her voice it's just it's just old school and it's just oh man it's just nice and then you got you know it's really funny because i i thought well, don't know whether um, I just don't notice it in, in modern music, but um, hearing um, the the little scratches in the yeah. like the hip scratch, it's like you just don't hear that. That was like that was like such a feature back then um, of like 
black music, um, for want of a better term. But, but, and, but it just works. That's Al Shay Muhammad. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's what he and brought. Putting his influence onto it, as well as the beat. Like, I feel like yeah. with most of the tracks on the album, your head is bopping, like, all the time. And I feel like that's the real hip-hop influence mm-hmm. of the album, as well as Sadiq's bass line. But I feel like, or oh, I'd like to think that he brought that beat to it um, and gave it that, that not ability, like one of my first music business lessons uh-huh. in school, they they taught the teacher talked about head not ability factor and foot tap ability factor. And if your head is nodding and your foot is tapping, you're onto something. Yeah. You've got if you can get that out of your audience, then you're on the right track. Keep that moving. It's, it's important. And you know, it yeah, it's bopping. It's, it's all it's yeah. And it's all over this um like what you say like when you go through the credits, like drum program, if it's not if it's not um Shahid Muhammad, then it's um Jake and the Fat Man. It's like basically mm-hmm. so, so, those two, the drum program, and it's like it does. It just gives it that sort of that danceability, like that that makes you like you say tap your feet or whatever. It's great. Yeah. Did you know Ash that you probably didn't know because you know shit like this? Um, this song appeared on the Love and Basketball soundtrack. I did. You did yeah. know that. Yeah. And do you know what other bangers are on that soundtrack? <laughs> I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, no. Bilal's Soul Sister is also on that soundtrack. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's also, wow. this, wasn't, uh, this wasn't a big hit, but um, Michelle and Gio Cello's got a tune called Full of Me, which is also sick. That's also on that soundtrack. So, Great film. Great, Great film. film. Great film. What did you think about the video? Um, I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Because it's so colourful and it's like, I like the way it blends. It goes from sort of, you know, no, i tell you what I don't like. I don't like, but I never like how Rafi Sadiq dresses. I like when he dresses sort of like <laughs> retro, but I don't like when he tries to dress sort of like of the time. So he, so he, he's like, he went through this phase where he's wearing big um, basketball vests and stuff like that. And I was like, you're trying to look, to me, he's trying to look like a rapper and it just doesn't suit him. So he, yeah. it's like he, didn't quite know what he where he was in stylistically like dress style wise but i like how it, i like how it just goes from that and then it, i like the part where it goes into that sort of like retro like they're like disco they're like a disco band and it there's disco but it, like that looks pretty cool and i just like the i just like the way it's filmed i like the colors of it and it's like really bright and vibrant and it kind of suits the song so that's why i like it but if i probably had to sort of like really delved into it i just like nah this video is like shady but it's no, I like it. I think but it's of the time. I, the I think, time, yeah. I think it shows that they spent a bit of money on it. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it holds well in comparison to other videos of the time, yeah. which you think about Neo Soul music, there wasn't that much put into it. Um, I also I also think it's a really good introduction to them. Um, I really, and they're different characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really, really enjoyed seeing um, Belichie Mohammed because, Again, I, I, I'm not a hip hop head, so I don't know like how prominent he was, but I don't ever really remember him because you know it's always Q-Tip and always Fife that are, are spitting the lyrics. So the focus is always on them, and I never went to see them live. So maybe if I saw them live and I I saw him on the decks, then maybe I would you know appreciate. It. But it gave me a real nice intro into him and seeing him with the records and the DJ and the way he was pulling out each other's like you know there was a bit of Tony Tony Tone and mm-hmm. on Vogue and Tripe Light mm-hmm. it really cleverly done really cleverly done and used him well I'll tell you what I did notice in the video uh, uh, 
Shahid Mohammed, he was rocking a pair of Ibisu jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? I was like, I was like, oh yeah. I was like, oh man, they were huge at the time. Oh gosh. I was like, oh man, this is like, yeah, they, they proper dated it. I was like, nice. Cool. Yeah. And the head wrap. Oh, and the head wrap. Oh yeah. We spoke about it. the Rasan Patterson episode. Yeah. yeah. So there was the head wrap. And I still think, I still think no one wears it like Music Soul Child. I think he did it the best, right? Absolutely. Anyway. So, moving on. Oh, (laughs) horns. There's horns on that track. Oh, yeah. There's not really horns anywhere else, but there are horns on that track, and that adds to the magic and beauty and brilliance of that song. Strings, horns, beats, (laughs) bass lines, vocals epicness yes sorry had to get that in couldn't yeah it's good that you got it in because i'm gonna be talking about guitar a lot on this one ash because yeah (laughs) so um uh, release number two don't mess with my man uh released 20th of october 2000 um written by sadiq robertson and that owens that kanisha owens that i mentioned on the last track she's on this one i mean earlier she's on this one um u.s pop this did terribly in the states it peaked at 110 um, wow right pop charts it peaked at number 41 on the r&b charts which is bad but yeah. in the uk number 20 they love this over here this tune gets so much love over here banger banger right to me i, I don't know what the americans are on i don't i don't know uh, like any americans listen to this i don't know why you didn't feel this tune um this tune's a banger. Mm. As soon as it starts, that, that, that guitar chord progression, that acoustic guitar, it, it just like sets it off. And then you got the ding, 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 ding. Immediately you want to dance, right? Immediately. Come on. Come on, Ash, tell me about it. Go on. It's just, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, um, when I was reading up on it, like a lot of people started talking about chic and disco bass lines, but I never really thought of it like that. I'd always just thought of it as, I, I thought of it more as like a kind of a country feel, like with the way the guitar no. rattles and it, the, a really snap in your head bass line. Like, do you know what it I, is? I never knew disco. No, it is kind of disco. I was thinking about this last night. I was like, how can I categorize it? It's it's got a disco feel, but it's 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 more. I understand what you're saying with the country thing. It's more like lo-fi than what disco is. Disco is like blingy and bright and and it's not yeah, that. Yeah. But it's got that sort of like that that kind of driving kind of disco element to it. It was it's hard to classify. It's definitely hard to classify. And I think, yeah, I think both disco and the country feel with the with the way the guitar is. Yeah, it, it kind of is country. Yeah, you're right. I see where you're going with that. It's I think they're both valid. Definitely. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, but um, you know, again, just. Going on from what we were talking about with Dawn, again, this is this is her piece. This is her moment to shine on the album. And, you know, she takes the spotlight and she just owns it in every single way. Again, vocal delivery, the the attitude and the, the fierceness in her voice. And, you know, it's bad. The BVs on it as well. Oh, my gosh. No, Kill me. No, oh. Like... They they just they just again marry with her beautifully, like just giving you a give they give you something else to to listen to rather than just accompanying and strengthening her vocal. What they do is they give you something else musically to listen to and invest into in the track. So you're just like when you're listening to, it, you're like, oh, what's that? 
you know, in the same way you you hear you might hear a triangle or, or a shake of mm-hmm. you know, mucking about like they mm. I love the way they use the BBs on this song to uh, as a as an additional musical line. Yeah, um, absolutely. Groove and bounce, and you're, you're just you're bopping your head the whole way through. Um, you know, it is it's got you know when um, when you get when we get to Jill Scott and you know her her anthem you're getting in the way you know there's a there's a calmness to her delivery of i'm gonna whoop your ass if you're coming near mm-hmm. my man whereas this song has the attitude that is supposed to come yeah. with delivery the message of i'm gonna whoop yeah. your ass if you're coming to my man yeah move. just move like yeah wicked wicked this tune for me is just like a, it's just a series of hooks from the bridge part your turn yeah, man. That, from that, yeah. from the obviously the chorus, and to like we say it, that that BV line, that's the that line more than anything is going from on in my head because I, I love a BV line anyway. But it just goes on in my head over and over again. It's just like I I was shocked that this wasn't their biggest hit everywhere. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it was, I feel like it was just played constantly. I heard it everywhere. Everywhere I went, I I felt like it, I was hearing it. Like if it wasn't the radio. It was at people's cars. I, I I just felt like this tune was everywhere. Like one of those ones. To me, if you ask me about this tune before sort of like researching, I'd be like, this song is so rinsed. It's like yeah. one of those ones that's just been rinsed. Like you just can't listen to it anymore. That's how I feel. It was covered in 2007, Ash, by Booty Love. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dance cover. Do you remember it? No, not really. Um, oh, man. But you're going to... I do remember who they are, though. You don't remember who they are, right? The girls from Big Brothers. Yeah. yeah. I didn't remember they covered it. I was just like, wow. And did you also know that it was used as a sample in an Ed Sheeran song? No. <laughs> yeah, so the, the Ed Sheeran song, Don't, which is produced by uh, Rick Rubin and I can't remember who the other dude was. Uh, anyway, yeah, they um, they sampled it and it's used, it's used in that song called Don't. And it's, it's weird because this song's got 140-something million views on YouTube. This is one Ed Sheeran's tune I just don't know. No. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, just uh, just some trivia there. All right. Last, no, it's not, it's not even the last release, actually. Um, but this is, given, given, your, given your American connection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think it didn't do that well over there? Um... Maybe the, it's hard to, I don't know, man. The disco element, maybe, uh, it's, I, I don't know. I, I really can't say. Maybe it's the disco, the disco vibe of it. And maybe it's the, I was going to say, maybe it's the acoustic guitar. But then a few years later, you got Justin Timberlake with Like I Love You. And it's got this, it's got a similar driving yeah. acoustic guitar. Yeah in it but that was a few years later so i don't know i i, I really don't know it's it seems very strange i just don't mm. understand why it's sort of like it seems like in the u.s it's just total momentum killer like you know i don't think it's a good video i think it's a poor video they could have told they could have told the story of the song they don't tell the story of the song no they don't they're just performing and showing more of them kind of playing their live and they're just very wet and i don't know why but <laughs> like, <laughs> But that, <laughs> but I would have told the story with that video. Yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like that would that would always help with a crossover, and I don't think it was the 
the best use of the the visual, so to speak. Could have done a much better job. Could have been easy. And it could be would have been easy for her. She's got two men in her band. Like would have been easy. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Bash. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a strange. Or you or you get someone else in. Or you, you get someone get, else in. You get some actresses in and yeah. you just do it. I mean, because cause you know what, you know what, back to actually dance tonight, you know the part, her part in the video, she's just there, the other two mm-hmm. guys aren't there, she's just there dancing with a whole bunch of dudes, it makes her just look like such a diva and such a like, it's like, she's like, I'm in control of everything, like, I'm, I'm in charge, right, you know what I mean, like, I've got the men on lock, so it, it would have been nice for it to be like a continuation in the video, like you say, tell the story, yeah, yep. don't know why, would, in fact, it's so obvious, why didn't, I don't know, why didn't it do it, weird one. Anyway, release number three. So I was saying three and four came out the first, came out the same time. Well, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't care about dates here now. Anyway, mm. it's Without You, written by, I was saying, Arvid Wiggins, who must be a relative because he's got the same name, same surname as Raphael Sadiq, whose real name is Charles Wiggins. Um, mm. It's also written by Kelvin Wooten and Sadiq himself, produced by Sadiq and Mohammed. Go on, Ash. I know. I kind of know how you're going to feel about this one, or maybe maybe not. <laughs> no, no, no. This this is Sadiq's standout moment. Where Dawn had hers, he has his. It's awesome. Yes, yes. Just, uh, I think it's nearly my favorite song on the album. It's nearly my favorite song. Just on the about album. mine. Quite, but it, about you know, mine. it's one of those ones where it just it it kind of hits you unexpectedly. It's not the one that you you think you're going to be as drawn to as you are, but when you break it down, like his, his vocal performance is, is exceptional. I, I mean, would I be right in thinking he, he did, had he done anything like that with Tony Tone? Um, I've got here, level? It, it's, it's kind of, it's similar to some of the Tony, Tony, Tony stuff. Similar. It's got, it's got that, it's got that vibe. Um, yeah, it's got, I think it's such a powerful vocal. It is. Right. Um, I mean, but he did anniversary with Tony, and that's a that's yeah. a really good vocal. That's that's mm-hmm. and it never raises some Southern California is a, also another one. But I know what you mean, though. It's he's he's better, but he but by this point he's a better vocalist, I would say, than he was then. Do you know what I mean? You could oh. tell that he's been doing it for a number of years, and he's way more, just way more confident in his vocal. I I I think from from Lucy Pearl onwards, you 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 can see a drastic change where you go back to those old. Those old Tony records, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's definitely better vocally. Anyway, continue. So yeah, so re- regardless of, of the fact that mm. by this point when this is released, Dawn's out of the group, so he kind of <laughs> has to yeah has to kind of take center stage with it, which might be some of the reason why this out why this song was chosen to be a release. Like um, you know, he he really owns the spotlight in the video. I think he he sells it really well. Um, it's a great tune. It's a great love song. Again, full of groove. The guitar work in the songs really nice and, and just carries it all the way through. But yeah, for me, it's it's him as a vocalist that that kind of really stands out to me. His vocal and the groove that just makes it like one of those easy Sunday soul records that you know you, you put on and you just everything feels right and with the world when mm. you play something this and it just feels good and it feels nice and yeah I, I think he's I think he's awesome on it awesome he, on it he is awesome and I it's good that you you um brought up his voice because I talked to some people and some people just don't really don't really feel his voice 
And I'm just like, since I, I, since I was a kid um, listening to his Tony, 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 I've always loved that voice, but I do gravitate towards those, that kind of sort of like high tenor, that, that style. I mean, I mentioned Mint Condition, Stockley kind of sings similar, but obviously better. <laughs> but, um, but I like, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but I like, but I, but I love his voice. And like you say, he does, he sells, he sells, he sells the subject matter really mm. well. Whatever he's singing about, I, I think he, he sells it. He, his voice, yeah, it's kind of, it has that truthfulness to it. I, I, I really love it. Um, this song is all about, yeah, his voice as well, but it's all about, for me, the bass and guitar groove and the way they groove with each other. And he played in both. Yeah. So he does the bass, he does the rhythm guitar. Uh, and a lot of the songs actually, um, bass on most, unless it's programmed, but it's him. Um, but he does the rhythm guitar on this. And it's just amazing. It's just, it just, and it's like, it's, it's kind of like a mid-tempo ballad. So, you know, to use like a, a dry, it's, it's kind of driving. It's not like, I'm, I'm, it's not like hard, but it, it just keeps it going along just, just nicely. It's just, it's just so well done and such a, such a groove. And lead guitar in this, Ash, is done. Mm. Do you remember I mentioned Spanky? Spanky. Spanky. Yeah. Spanky's on this, doing the lead. Again, um, folks, uh, for listeners, uh, Spanky was on uh, one of our best of the rest from the Roots episode last week. So it's another, just another, um, just the, just shows the, the synergy at work at that time in the Neo Soul um, realm at that time. It's just like people just boring, just, just, yeah, everyone's just working with each other. It's just, just seems like a great time to be doing Neo Soul or alternative R&B, as uh, mm-hmm. some people like to call it. Yeah, this is this is very much an alternative R and B album, actually. Yeah, it's a it's a good way of putting it before yeah. before like the 2010 and 11 and 12 and Frank Ocean and stuff, where it's alternative R and B has a it has a different feel. Yeah, like this is a, an alternative to the R and B of the time, which yeah. was very, um, yeah, very very well produced, very heavily mm-hmm. produced. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of moves away from that and gives you a different different pocket yeah. um yeah, I, I would have loved to have heard this live actually i would have loved to have had them gig this song probably more than than anything else on the album i feel like this is the one that along with don't mess with my man would have really kind of had you going mm. and I, I love its placement in the album as well actually uh, you know it's Very you've nice. been you've been set up with good love just before it yeah and then you've got without you and then don't mess with my man comes in and just like takes you off somewhere else. It's, yep. it's, it's part of a, a real like special point of the album where it's, it, it is that build up to its peak. And it's again, you know, that for me, that seven, eight, nine, those three tracks are, are your peak, your good love without you. And then don't mess with my man. And then it's hard for, hard for anything else after that to kind of, kick in you know but it's it's one of the core tunes no you're right it's it's a wind down after that after those runs isn't really but i'm sure we'll get into that but yeah this song just a beautiful melody just well written um good love song and um you don't you don't get them enough like a mid-tempo ballad you know what i mean yeah they have value (laughs) (laughs) write more mid-tempo ballad people um cool (laughs) um Release number four and the last release is You 
which written by well features Snoop and Q Tip. Uh, written by those guys, obviously, and uh, Battlecat or DJ Battlecat and Sadiq, produced by Battlecat and Sadiq. Yeah. Um, Ash, I do not like this song. <laughs> I want to like it. I want to like it. I was listening to it even last night, but as soon as that West Coast synth thing comes in, I'm just out. And then Sadiq comes in, and he's got it's got like it's got sort of like the synths, and it kind of it. it uh, it's got something, but I just can't get on board. But I think Q-Tip, I think Q-Tip and Snoop are good on it. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Oh, I don't know. Man, I don't like it. I just don't like it. No. No, I can't, I can't be dealing with it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like, I like the fact that it kind of goes back to, you know, we don't, or I don't, I, I've never really looked at where he comes from too much with Sadiq, that is, um, and that he is, Oakland, mm-hmm. West Coast. He, mm-hmm. him, and Tony Tony Tone were coming up at the heart at, at the time of NWA and you know all of that that West Coast stuff. So he mm-hmm. he was in and around it. He was he was on those shows that NWA were doing, and, and so it, it's nice that that they could put that part of his history in there, or you know that he he felt like he could put that influence in there. Um, obviously Q-Tip is a no-brainer to kind of pull in on it. Yeah. Um, and then it's nice to have Snoop on there as well. Like I think it was, it's off the um, Save the Last Dance soundtrack as well, which is probably another kind of major reason why it got released. Exactly. Right. Um, and did that. I don't know, but it, it definitely feel, it feels out of place on the album other than there is a warmth to it and a, and a bounce to it, which is Definitely. which kind of carries throughout the whole album. There is this warmth and there's this groove to every single song. So on that side, it feels like it's part of it, but it also it reminds me a lot of um, of Usher and the Confessions album. And when you hear Yeah, and Yeah just sounds like what is this, Little mm-hmm. John? Like mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it doesn't feel like it fits in with anything else on the album. It was just put in in there as a single to, you know, help take it to the dance floor when the rest of the album doesn't really go anywhere near the the dance floor and doesn't feel like anything like the energy of yet. Um, and I, I feel like a similar comparison with this where you doesn't really fit in. I just got to say, Confessions pissed me off because of that. It had me at year and I was like, okay, this is what we're getting. And then confessionals everywhere that I, I, I don't i don't want that i didn't want that anyway i'm uh i like usher and yeah we'll we'll have to do some usher albums at some point because uh i'm a fan but yeah that album pissed me off go on continue sorry, <laughs> sorry. um yeah no so that, that's that's my my thing with it it feels out of place um and i and again yeah. i imagine dawn leaving and it being on the soundtrack and obviously having the heavyweights of q-tip and snoop makes it an obvious choice for another single and a video to promote stuff, you know, Absolutely. but nothing more than that. Absolutely. I want to ask you something because um, mm-hmm. we've concluded the singles and before we get to the best of the rest, just want to ask you a question because I couldn't find anything about it. Do you know why Dawn left? Um, I can't, I can't find anything concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm sure if, if I really dug, then I could uh, and anyone could, but it's, do you really want to do that? Um, like I, I don't think so. From what I found, like mm-hmm. 
Dawn leaving on Vogue was a lot about money and being shafted and not getting the money that they wanted. Exactly. Sorry, not that they wanted, but what they they should have had. Signing up on a bad deal at the start. And as the group grew, they still weren't negotiating or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And other group members not wanting to to stand up or not wanting to ruin a good thing, just being content with what Mm -hmm. they were getting rather than what they truly deserved, which is why she then left. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you've got all of that in your background and that is your, your, and it's very recent, it's not like this happened years ago. This is, she's left on Vogue. She's got a solo deal on the table with RCA and getting ready to sign it. Right. He comes along because he and Ali Shahid had wanted to do a project and they felt like, right, well, now I'm out of Tony, Tony, Tony. You're out of tribe. Let's do it. D'Angelo's supposed to be the guy, but D'Angelo's touring voodoo, so I he thought, can't do it. I thought that was wild. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. it'd have been a totally different thing. And I don't no, know. I think this is better. I think it would have been better. it would have been an offshoot of, of yeah. what we've already got. It wouldn't yeah. be the new thing that we Ex- have. Exactly that. Um and it wouldn't have allowed Raphael to shine. No. It um but yeah, so so you've got all that and then you know, Sadiq's like, oh, well, like, you know, and, and they were in a band together when they were young. They're from yeah. Spain. Yeah, that was, And yeah. that, you know, so like, let me pull Dawn in. Dawn loves the idea. Sounds great. Let's get into it. I can write. I can be myself. She, she throws away the solo deal. Like, the solo deal is there for her. And she says, I want to do this project first and then come back to this. The record label says, no. She says, fine, I'm out. And she goes and does this project. So immediately, like she's already she's already shown that she's committed to this project and that she wants to be involved in it, and she's willing to put her other things to one side to be involved in it. Yeah, um, which was a very good choice on her part, I think. Yeah, um, and I think she she benefited from it because again, like we've already discussed, she sounds amazing on this album. Um, but then I think now that she's found her voice. And isn't afraid to kind of ask the question or talk about it. I think some of those money issues may have come up again. Another thing, though, that she mentions in an interview was about how there was a lot of focus on her whenever the three were being interviewed. Um, and again, like we've we've touched on this already, she is the obvious star of the three. Like, given her all of her, regardless of what Unvoke had done Mm. or not done, like, she is ultimately the star of the show. Like, I saw a really awkward Grammy Grammy Awards carpet interview with Sadiq, Ali Shaheed, and Joy. Mm. And they just looked uncomfortable and they looked awkward. And Mm. the interviewers were asking stupid questions and they just started talking about Joy's hair. Like, but they, they didn't give anything. They weren't, they, they, they just looked yeah. like they were too cool. I, so, I don't know. So, okay, but if you're interviewing them hmm. and, you know, if they're given that energy and Dawn probably isn't because she's probably more media trained than the two of them and has more experience. Absolutely. As an interviewer, you're going to talk to her more, let alone the fact that on Vogue were massive massive mm-hmm. so much bigger than tony tony tone and and um exactly because they because they yeah. they had that crossover because like one of the things that i i was looking at that um that dawn interview or listening to it and she was saying that 
the reason why um, Sadiq thought it was a great idea was because obviously Shahid brought the hip hop, um, um, Sadiq brought the R and B or soul, whatever. She brought the pop. Yeah, she like st- t- totally crossed crossover, like yeah. huge star, huge star at the time. Right. So, so if you're interviewing people, like you're gonna want to ask her questions, especially if if it's not as niche an audience. And this is again, this is two thousand. Like you know, people. Sadiq hasn't got the history. Ali Shahid is the most quietest member of Tribe. <laughs> like so, yeah, he's not. He's not like Jam Master Jays, and he's not like. Yeah. He's not the, no, he's not like that, is he? No, so then, he's... so so ego, unfortunately, it sounds like got in the way, you know. And and it's and and like I questioned that because I listened to that Dawn interview first, mm. but then uh, I've seen Raphael talk about it a couple of times because he always gets asked. He always gets asked. Will there be a Tony 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 reunion? Mm. Will there be a Lucy Pearl reunion? And he kind of, he kind of, he's like, he gives the like polite, sensible arg question. Was like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. It didn't Mm. work out. It was great. But then he also gives a little dig to Dawn. You know, seriously. Yeah, there's always a little slight dig. Like, there was a Google Talks interview. You know, and he says like. Dawn was doing us a favour by coming on board and joining mm-hmm. us because we didn't have D'Angelo. But then in actual fact, we did her a favour. <laughs> like, no need to say that. Yeah. Yes, yes, you made her sound better. You yeah. definitely did. It, it definitely worked. Mm. But it's not like Dawn went off to do amazing things after this. She didn't. No. She didn't at all. Mm. Um, and another, like a Breakfast Club interview, which was just from last year, where he's... Where he's, he's yeah. Sort of, in that and he talks about he actually talks about being a diva and all right Charmelaine kind of pushes the conversation mm. and, and uses that word but he doesn't knock it down and this is again this is some 20 years afterwards so as much as he talks about forgiveness I don't think he I, I didn't feel like he came across no. very well no. when he's talking about the situation he never, he never does he always he, he, he always he always appears um, a bit bitter about it and um, I always feel like, because before I started sort of like delving into it uh, a bit, um, I always feel like um, she was the one in my head. I was like, oh yeah, she was the, she was the issue. Cause that's all I've always had. But just little bits and pieces I, I've got here and there. I just feel like he always, he always seems a bit bitter about it. And I'm just like, mm, there's more, there's more, there's more to the story, basically. Yeah. And whenever and she, she talks, she comes she across well. Lovely. Like she comes across really well. Yeah. I, I thought. I, yeah, I thought that myself. I was like, "Ooh, this doesn't sound like the diva that I'm expecting." Like she just sounds like she sounds normal. The interview I saw when she was talking about on Vogue and wanting money. Um, we've all worked in music. We well, we both worked in music. We know that's that's an issue, especially especially when you're when you don't have the right representation behind you. You know, you don't mm. read. You don't read. You don't have that that lawyer to read that contract properly. You know, and you sign that deal because you're so, you're just so happy to be signing to a major label. So we know that we've heard that story a thousand times. So there's nothing wrong. You know, she shouldn't be vilified for standing up for her rights because we know the record, the record industry can be a bitch. Yeah. And hence why, Ash, moving on to the best of the rest. This is why I like the Hollywood tune. And I know no one likes it. No one likes it. It's more out of place than you. you. You know, you said you was really out of yeah, place. Yeah. Hollywood yeah. is so out of place. But I like it. He- why? Reason one, I love rock. I do love rock. Mm. I'm a black guy that loves rock <laughs> and hard rock. 
I love that. And that song is they use um, it's not a sample just played in, but but it's from uh, a Leonard Skinner tune called oh I can't remember the name. Have I got it written down here? No, I don't. I'm so I'm so unprofessional. But um, yeah, it's from a, a Leonard Skinner tune, which is also a banger if you like classic rock. <laughs> um, but what was the bad man? Exactly. Thank you, Ash. That's why you're here. Um, <laughs> good work. Album work. Good. Work. It's great to have an album booklet. I love that you have your. You still have your, got your CDs because mine are packed away somewhere. Like uh, at my parents. Um, yeah, and she talks about just like basically she's talking about Hollywood. She uses Hollywood as as a way of as a placeholder for all the all the industries, whether it's the record industry, film industry, do all the same. And after seeing her in interviews. These lyrics are very personal to her. Do you know what I mean? Like she talks about, mm-hmm. you know, um, taking food, having food taken out of her mouth and being sucked dry and all this stuff, like really sort of like bits of stuff, stuff that you can't really hear when you actually listen to it. Actually, you got to, like, because it's the vocals are quite low in the mixes. I don't think the vocals will mix very well, especially in the verses. But yeah, I've always liked this tune and I'm the only one that likes it. I don't know. I have met one other person that likes this tune and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I th- I think it bangs the bass, the bass and the guitar. It gets me every time. As soon as it comes on, it's like, like when I'm in the car, Shrieker's like, "Can you can you skip this?" I was like, "We are not skipping this, damn it. We're gonna play it out." She just looks at me like rolls her eyes. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I love this yeah. too. Anyway, <laughs> they don't do a bad job of it. To they, be fair, they don't they do don't a bad do job bad of it. Um, but oh, one other thing I'll say though, what I love about it, there are there are this tune. Along with, oh my gosh, what is the other one? Uh, I think it it really points to how eclectic uh, Raphael Sadiq is, and them as a as a as a collective actually. Um, what was the other one? Oh yeah, remember. Yeah, it's a nice tune. It's a, it's a nice tune, but it, it seems like it's got that. Do you remember in the early two thousands there was this like thing about like, um, sort of like, uh, sort of like melding hip-hop and kind of folk so like you got that you got that kind of dreamy sort of like guitar like acoustic guitar but then you have a guy rapping over it in in america it was like a it was like a thing i can't there was a there's a there's a specific band i've got in mind i, I couldn't find them last night but i wanted to use them um but yeah it, it's kind of it's kind of got that vibe and i was just like again lovely but kind of out of place on the album as well i i think for me but i like it. I, I think it sits nicely at that end and i do, do you reckon uh, yeah no because again like so we i think i feel like like i said we definitely reached the peak of the album with don't mess with my man exactly uh, and both hollywoods just the way you've described it and this song here just enables them to tell stories about tell their own stories so this like remember the time is, is sadiq's song mm-hmm. you know and just being able to to talk about when life was different mm. and why it, that it's not all about the money, you know, mm-hmm. the, there's something to this fame and success and, and all that stuff. But I actually, like sometimes I go, I think back and I, I want to go back to that life or I remember just how much easier it was. And I feel like those two songs are, are nice res- retrospective songs for, for both of them in their own ways. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that they, they appreciated it as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think it's nice that they're there and they're towards the end. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's a nice again in in the old age 
the older age that we are, mm-hmm. <laughs> middle age that we are, mm-hmm. uh, I, I can definitely relate to this song more than I could do 20 years ago. Yeah, uh, I, I reckon it's got. I reckon it's got skipped back in the day. I mean, I can't because I like it now. I'm thinking I liked it. That like I've always liked it, but I don't think I. I don't think I have. Nah, I don't think yeah. so. But yeah, nah. I definitely like it now. And um, good love that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, stand out. Oh man. To I, me, I think, go on, you go, go on. you go first. No, 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 you, you go, you go. You I was going to say, I was like, this to me sounds like classic Sadiq. This sounds like this could have gone on instant vintage, right? Yeah. It sounds like, it's like, it's like he always had it and he was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll put this on here and I'll save some of the others for instant vintage. This is, this, oh man, it's just, it's just him. And it's just, it, it's just, again, it's got that guitar, it's got the bass, it's, lovely melody it's uh, man yeah it's, it's really nice it's really- yeah I, I think it's it's the probably the best example of of what of what of one of the great selling points of the trio is and the fact that you have the example you have the opportunity to have a male narrative and a female narrative on the same track mm-hmm. kind of coming together and they do it a lot like right from the start when they would with the second track trip in and mm-hmm. All the way through, they give the boys' perspective and they give the girls' perspective, and they're able to come together and deliver the message together um, mm-hmm. as a unit. Which, again, is I, I didn't really appreciate it at the time, but in, you know, in looking at it now and listening to it over the years, like it's it's re- it's a really great opportunity that they had that they took because you can't really do it when you're a male solo vocalist. You might get someone in for a duet but you know it's not often that you're in this opportunity where you've got the male and the female narrative and you're able to combine it and put it into a song and they do it throughout the album and i think this is this is the pinnacle of them doing that because their um their work and they say i don't think it's right at the end but there's a really big run that the two of them do together mm. either towards the end of the second verse or it's just before a chorus yeah um, but they both really belt it out and like their voices come together like really perfectly um singing the lines and yeah i i don't think i don't think the two of them together get any better than than they do on this track um and they and no one they don't outshine each other like no. it, just like it's 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 a unification it's a union of their voices um and they do a really good job of that like as much as we talked about dawn being the star like you know sadiq holds his own really well with her and and gives as good as she gets you know it's I mean, it's a sh- it's a shame that they're like estranged, as it were, because I think they they've missed out on doing some great work. I think their voices really suit it. it they mesh so well together. Um, I I think that's where his bitterness comes from, because he yeah. knows. Yeah, he knows. He he says like I would have been doing this for years. I would and it forced him into doing instant vintage. So as a result of it, we got Instant Vintage and we got Ray Ray. You know, we we got um, some amazing Sadiq uh, and we might, they might not have been able to keep making this magic. Yeah. You know, and but they might have done. Yeah. This album just makes me want to, as soon as I, as soon as I finished it, uh, it just makes me want to listen to Instant Vintage. It just, it just feels like this is like the precursor to it. It's just like everything just build up to that. Um, 
Another track I love. And it seemed like a lot of people like this uh, back then. I'm not sure about now. Um, but Can't Stand Your Mother. It seemed like that was like a standout back in the day when I like everyone was always talking about that one. Um, but to me now, it's just it's still good, but it's just all right. But I remember at the time, I loved this tune. I I it was just the, it was just like subject matter, which is funny. And again, they sound great together. And she's so sassy. Mm-hmm. Like, so like and I was saying earlier that um, when uh, Sadiq sings, he, he, he's got truthfulness to his voice. So he just sounds like what he's saying is like. Is a, is a fact she sounds like the sassy sassy chick that she is and it just like together it's just like it's just jokes and it's yeah it's just good melodies and it's just just a fun fun tune and something about it's hilarious the way they talk about it's hilarious yeah I've got, and now i've got a mother-in-law now I, I don't feel that i don't feel like they feel because my mother-in-law's great but you know <laughs> i know plenty of people who have mother-in-laws just like what they talk about so yeah Jokes. Yeah, and, and again, where else do you you have anyone singing on a subject matter like that? Yeah, and giving you a song like that to complain about <laughs> your partner's mum? Mm. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not out there. It's great. not out there. It's, it's, it's not. I don't, I don't know why anyone else hasn't done it. To be fair, <laughs> like, yeah. but but yeah, it, it makes it an obvious, an obvious classic. Um, <laughs> obvious, without right? A doubt, without a doubt, obvious. But um, um, what else you got? You got anything else from here? Those are mine. Every day. Oh yeah. Every day is my tune. Oh yeah. It's oh, always I'm... my tune. I've got it here. Mm-hmm. Never not been my tune. It is. Yeah, I, I prefer. Yeah, I do prefer it to dance tonight. Uh, I love dance tonight. Is extremely polished and it's it's near perfection. Every day is is a bit more rough around the edges and it's again groove just feels good like I, I just love the every day you know and they they just work around it and dawn has her own ad libs on it yeah right it's it's the uh it's the it's the it's the kind of call and answer thing they got going on in the chorus so like you say like you say mm-hmm. the every day she goes every single day yeah hey. it's, it's, it's sick you know, <laughs> it's great um, great bv work Great people. Guitar work. Oh, I, I love I love the little intro into it as well, where mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of keys and it's it's all kind of the tape, they've EQ'd it heavily and it just comes in boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You are coming over now. <laughs> Let's do this. You know, it's ah uh, I, I, I that is, I still love it. That is such an effective it. intro. It's like <laughs> I don't know why it, it so is. It's, it's, it just it just works. It's like it's like live. It's like it's it sounds like um it sounds like they're in a practice studio, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. from that, and it just like sort of scratches the scratches and then into the into the tune. And like you say, it bumps, man. The 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 bass and the guitar again just just grabs you instantly. You know oh, the, the guitar work like at the end of their bridge where he's just doing this run and then he just does this mad run and then he kicks back into the chorus. Like, oh, like it's, it's stunning. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Mm-hmm. And any song like, you know, you rinse a song and you just rinse it, rinse it, rinse it, rinse it. And then you just can't listen to it anymore because you've rinsed it too much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't feel that with this song. Like yeah. I don't. And we're, we're still 20 years on and it's, it's still my go-to and it's still the one that I will turn up the loudest. Um, yeah. Makes me feel happy. Makes me feel happy. It's goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is. It really and I feel is. like we've got to mention Lala as well. Like Lala is just a lovely, lovely summer's 
sweet love song. And mm. it's, it's not that sweet because it's kind of dirty and it's quite, you know, quite. It's, actually, it's rude. Yeah. When you get into it, it's rude. like, but when you're just listening to the la la la, mm. like, it's nice. It, it's yeah, nice. It's, it's, it works. Really, it's really weird because it is kind of rude, but the la 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 makes it, gives it that kind of nursery rhyme sort of like fairy yeah. tale fairy, like yeah it is like bubble gummy yeah it's that it's got it's got all that stuff to it yeah it's 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 yeah but it's, it's good yeah like from <laughs> track three through to track nine like that's such a strong body of an album there and there's goodness on either side of that as well like but to have that stronger body that's why it goes down as an all-time classic album because it's just so much quality in there so much strong good solid songs that you just listen through and you find stuff that you can relate to in each and every song like yeah yeah you're absolutely right like i was just just looking at the uh, track listing and you're right yeah dance tonight lala every day can't stand your mother good love without you don't mess with my man wow wow yeah, that, it's that's, really strong yeah. you know and again tripping isn't a bad song hollywood isn't a bad song like you know they're not bad songs on either side of it mm. and in essence they kind of i feel like tripping sets you up or starts setting you up mm. and then you know hollywood again is it's, it's quite it's full on mm. and remember the times then starts to wind you down mm-hmm. yeah. you know um yeah they worked it well basically to me, the way the, the way I look at albums these days is like, can I just put it on and let it, and let it run without skipping? And this is one of those albums that I can pretty much mm. for the most part. Obviously, there are times it's it's been in steady rotation for the last twenty years, and like it's not the whole album I'm playing. You always come back to the ones you love, like you say, you come back to every day. I come back to without you, Hollywood, <laughs> can't stand your mother, like those ones. But you can, you know, if 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 you're in that mood, you just put it on. And you can just let it play, and it's like you're like, yeah, this is cool, this is fine, this is great. Yeah. So, what? Uh, so, twenty years, Ash. Twenty years since. I think we both can agree it stands the test of time. Mm. I would. I don't know. I I don't know about legacy, but what I would say, my my closing thoughts about this album would be it is it would be it would be just not just because he's amazing but without the foresight of adding Ali Shaheed Mohammed and Dawn Robinson this would be a, a Sadiq album and Sadiq albums are great but by bringing those two elements well, I know we said it before but I have to say it again but bringing those two elements together her vocals the way her vocals sound um, Shahid's drum programming his scratches like how percussive those scratches are and how how they how they yeah it just it just elevates this this album to something else and like you said earlier the fact that it's one album probably it probably um, elevates it to to a to a place to to way above its prop station i think sometimes people put it above other albums within this genre that it shouldn't however it's still a classic album and i think it's down to down to come together of those elements what would you reckon um i think people put it above other albums because 
you can't bracket his neo soul. It's all R and B. It's the original yeah. all R and B, right? Yeah, you know, you you can't just put it in that bracket. So therefore, you don't have to be a neo soul head to like it. You don't have to be an R and B head to like it. You just need to like good vocals and good music and good songs. Yeah, who does like good vocals, good music, and good songs? In fact, right? it's the, the yeah. only other one that we've done so far is Miss Education, right? That's light on this tip, isn't it? Yeah. Totally, totally different albums, but on the similar tip. You just you can't really bracket it. You can't really bracket it. And, and I just think off the back of the last episode uh, where we were talking about Roots and how they brought so many elements together and, and kind of set things up, this is, this is probably the only other, like, complete project because um, you, you get lots of, like, people jumping on other people's albums and, and stuff mm. like that. But as a complete project of how you could bring the elements together from the different genres and create wonderful, timeless music um, and make it work. And they did just that with this song. It's the soundtrack to a lot of people's lives out there, which is why it still holds strong, but holds stronger in a in a better way than the new Jack Swing of the 90s or the samples or sample-based stuff of the late 90s and the, the triangles and shakers and <laughs> super Dark Child and Timberland, you know, percussion sampling, um, sequencing, you know, of again, the late 90s and the noughties. This mm. is just good music. Just good, good music. music. And it, it's, and again... It might not have done much for Dawn or Ali Shaheed after this, but it, it sets Sadiq up to go on oh, and yeah. give the world so much more amazing music. Um, and for that alone, I feel sorry for Dawn, like, but I'm really thankful that, yeah, this album allowed Raphael to move on and really just find his groove because he... Like we're definitely going to do one of the albums. Might mm. do one of them, um, but he's he's gone on on other projects just to give the world some amazing songs and amazing musicality. You know, yeah, um, incredible. It's, fun, it's funny. Um, you said this on both. You made reference to this on both uh, the Rasan Patterson pod and the Linda David Hall, where we said that. Um, that we said their careers could have they started winding down maybe a bit too early a bit too early and they they could have ended up writing for other people because they had that that talent where mm. and basically i don't did you mention Sadiq? you probably did as as the blueprint for that and he and basically he has that career yeah right? he has the one where he's well respected for his own stuff but within the industry you know he's got he's he, he, he can be he's the go-to guy like remember i can't remember what podcast it was but i said i didn't know that he had done um the uh what's the english english girl just stone just stone i didn't know he had done a just stone album until mm. like well a few years back whatever whenever i found out and but he's that guy like for a certain sound an a&r person will say yeah sadiq's the guy you know what i mean like you know yeah, someone said well, you're trying to achieve that sound he's that guy so and that's uh, in a great position to be you know no yeah, i can't yeah can't disagree with that can't disagree with that yeah and we will do one of his albums and actually it has to be instant vintage yeah definitely it has to be that one <laughs> i'm just definitely. saying ray ray's great though ray 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 ray, ray 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 is amazing um 
and we'll talk about Ray Ray when we do his because uh, the direction it, it went in, it's really cool. And I kind of know why he went in that direction. Well, I kind of have a theory why. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that when we, when we finally get to that. But we, there are a few more pods in between. That, into vintage. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. As well, I feel like as well. So we're, we're in 2000 now, but there are some, some albums that we've skipped over in 99 that's like worth a mention, even if we're not doing a pod on them. But Amel first album. Do it. Yep. The Possibilities came out in uh in 99 and mel yeah. LaRue of groove theory yeah one of the greatest female vocalists ever ever um it's a lovely body of work and um, really 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 beautiful yeah in the 90s her and shantae moore were the two for me <laughs> i'm just saying i'm an old dude people if you know who those two are <laughs> you just know <laughs> um, but yeah mel LaRue, um also Andrew Sloan, the, uh, the, yeah. the baby father, the baby father, the baby, <laughs> baby mother, mother. Um, D'Angelo. Um, yeah, her first album came out in 99. Really uh, good, man. It's really good. Yeah, it's not a bad album. I think it's really good. Mahogany Soul is the one that we need to cover for her and we'll, we'll get to that. Is that the one with, is that the one with, is that the Brother. one with Calvin, Calvin? Yeah, Calvin Cal- Harris is on that one. Calvin Richardson. Calvin Richardson. Richardson. Richardson, yeah, yeah that's the one with bottles and cans and all that. That's a yeah. banger. That that is a yeah, that's a, that's a, that's the album. Yeah. That, that is her the best album. The second album is her best album. But yeah. there's some there's some nice stuff on the first album. Mm. Um, but again, you know, you've just it's a more of an example of you getting these artists beginning to come through um, and to develop the scene on a on a hip hop perspective. The Talib Kweli High Tech Reflection Eternal album is uh, like a, a standard hip-hop soul album for the times hmm. um, the blast is an anthem that everyone should be listening to or should know about um if they don't already um and obviously commons like water for chocolate which hmm. kind of carried on from what what yeah. happened with the album and really continued to push that conscious soulful yeah. hip-hop down there's some amazing collabs on there and and great music but four albums that you should definitely be checking out that we're probably not going to cover on this pod, but mm. they are they are definitely worth mentioning. And it just you know shows how much the scene and that industry is growing. That at, at that point in time, that there's a lot of stuff coming through, and there's even more stuff to come. Like mad in the yeah, art, I mean like, between like, yeah between 2000 and 2003, like the amount of albums from artists like. We'll we'll get into it in the next next in the coming weeks, but a lot of albums over the next yeah. three years, like a lot, a lot of great albums. It's the thing. There's always a lot of albums, right? But they're not the quality. The, the quality in the neo soul uh, genre, as it were, the quality was really high, and mm. the 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 best thing, the best um, compliment I can give to those guys doing doing music at that time was that it wasn't the same oh like no one's album sounded like somebody else's which yeah. is hard to do especially when they're collab- collaborating a lot as well especially as they were as they were around about the year 2000 but you know i was even i was even listening to uh Bilal's album the other day Bilal's album was good man yeah oh yeah. man yeah i was he like push the envelope man he pushed yeah. the envelope 
big time. So yeah, so a lot of albums that some will cover, some will not. But if we if we don't cover an album that is like a favorite of yours, um, just know we probably know it, <laughs> and we will mention it. <laughs> we but you know there's so many, so and there's uh, we can't do every single one. Mm. Ash, was that your recommend, or have you actually got a, a recommends this week? Uh, my recommends this week is an English singer, Tiana Major Nine, who has just last week released it. You're you're looking like you might know her name. Yeah, I think she is. She is attacking from America. Um, so right. she started off out here, but she did something with with Earth Gang. Right. Okay. Yeah, from okay. the Queen and Slim soundtrack. So she's got she's got a track with those guys and was heavily featured on the BET Awards. From, from the what year. soundtrack actually? Sorry, what, what Queen what and Slim. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, from the film soundtrack, they've got a song mm-hmm. called Collide, which um, yeah, really kind of blown her up over there. So this is her second EP called At Sixes and Sevens. Um, yeah, just a nice soulful ep there's a bit of reggae there's one reggae tune in there um but an artist who is definitely being pushed stateside and is getting that stateside love and attention um which i think is going to carry her her into a good career it might not be one that we all know about over in the uk um Mm. but even so i think it's going to be there's a good chance that she will come with a very, very good album in the next year or so. Um, and Ash. someone you should definitely keep an eye on. All right, Go cool. On. That's good. Say her name again. Tiana Major 9. Cool. She's got two EPs. Cool. Good. Well, that brings us to a close, I think. Mm. Ash, thank you, as always, for another thank great you. one. That was, that was really enjoyable. I mean, they're all enjoyable. That's really cool. <laughs> and uh, that was episode nine. Next week's will be the 10th. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I won't say who we're doing, but it's going to be a banger. Definitely. Um, get captured. Get, uh, <laughs> I can't speak. Um, our Twitter is uh, ReflectionsMUS1. So at ReflectionsMUS1. Drop us a comment about anything, anything you want, mm-hmm. any, any of the albums or any album we haven't done. Um, just drop us a comment. Uh, my Instagram is at ReflectionsMusic. No, at Reflections Music Podcast. Yeah, Reflection yeah. Music Podcast. Cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, get in touch, please. It'd be great. And uh, thanks again for listening. Nice. See you later, guys. Thank you.